You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. I'm Sarah Honiger. And I'm Christy Landwehr, and you're listening to the special monthly NRHA episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Thursday, December 14th. Good morning, horse world. It's the second Thursday of the month. That means it's time to slide in to the National Reigning Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning. Well, Christy, I don't know about you, but I still don't think I've recovered from the excitement of the futurity. It was a lot. And I don't know if you could hear in my voice, but unfortunately, I think I lost it from all the yelling and screaming and chatting. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. Same. I feel like... You know, the lead up to it is so exciting that first week, you know, getting to see those runs and cheering for people to make the finals and heading into the finals. And then that last week, it's just event after event and all ramps up to that finals weekend. And it is just the best time of the year. (laughs) Well, I cannot wait until our January show, because that is when we're going to leave you all in suspense. That's when we're actually going to interview the winners and talk to them all and tell you about all the excitement that happened on finals night, because it was a lot. Yes, absolutely. And if people want a little sneak peek, they could always hop on over to NRHAfuturity.com or to our social media. But um, I don't want to spoil anything, but there definitely was a very exciting way that the winner was decided this year for the Open. That's for sure. And for everyone listening, in this National Reigning Horse episode, we are going to chat with one of our corporate partners, Cinch Jeans, and also with another classic equine. Both of them have been with the National Reigning Horse Association for 25 years. We're also going to talk with our incoming executive committee member, NRHA judge and professional, Sebastian Petrol. Well, before we get to call our guests, you know, I'm so excited for this show. I'm so excited to hear from who we have, but I'm also already looking forward to our January podcast, which will fully wrap up the futurity and get to hear from, you know, the riders that won that event, hear about those runs. And I just am already so excited for that. I can't wait. Yes, everybody keep it open on your calendar to uh, definitely listen in. It's going to be fantastic. Making time for insurance can be tough and time consuming. Insuring with Markel is one less worry as the official equine insurance partner of the NRHA for 30 years. With over 50 years of experience in insuring horses and horse-related businesses, Markel is firmly committed to the horse industry. Markel's team of horse insurance agents are true horse people who represent the commitment that makes the Markel difference. Learn more by visiting MarkelHorseandFarm.com or contact a Markel agent who can quickly assist with an insurance solution for your horse, farm, or horse-related business. While you focus on horses, let Markel protect you. Today we are joined by our 25-year corporate partner, Cinch's marketing coordinator, Cassie Nichols. She was born and raised in Fort Collins, Colorado, where she spent her youth competing in gymkhanas and exploring the vast Rocky Mountains on trail rides with her father. Cassie decided to pursue an education from Colorado State University Equine Sciences program. Following her graduation, Cassie was lucky enough to marriage her college sweetheart, Zachary, and the two currently reside in Fort Worth, Texas. In her role at Cinch, Cassie works with various organizations across the ag industry, including us at NRHA, and that makes us very happy. Hi, Cassie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you all doing? So well. We're so excited to have you on today. 
And we just love that your background shows such passion for the Western industry. And I know you do some other things, too, with the cowgirl art and other things. So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about how your journey happened and what led you to this role. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here. Um, You know, I grew up riding horses and I dabbled in different events, but I certainly didn't come from what you would qualify as an ag family by any means. So I was really fortunate. My family was very supportive of my passions for the equine industry and just horses in general from an early age. And they let that blossom as I grew older. And I ended up uh, pursuing my degree in equine sciences from Colorado State University, as you mentioned. And I ended up staying on there after graduation as a coordinator for their program. And it was through this relationship that I was able to work with Cinch via their sponsorship of the Colt starting uh, class and the program that they have there at CSU. So it's just kind of one of those things where not coming from an ag industry family necessarily, I, I really worked hard to build my network there as a student. And when I came time that we were ready to relocate to Fort Worth, it just so happened that Cinch was going to be opening some positions down here. And everything worked out, and I've been here since, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I will say, you know, having the ability to give back to an industry which has given me so much has been a very meaningful position for me to have. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people this day and age are involved in different facets of the industry and sometimes simultaneously. So I do some work, you know, for other organizations on the side, too, and it's just really wonderful to see the relationships and what a small world it is in our industry, but just see how well connected everyone is and how supportive everyone is of each other. Wow. I really relate to that so much and I couldn't have said any of that better myself just about this industry. I think that's awesome. Um, So, you know, your whole journey, as you mentioned, led you to being at Cinch and here we're celebrating such an important partnership to NRHA it being our 25th year being together. So can you tell us a little bit about why a partnership with NRHA would be so important to a brand like Cinch? Absolutely. So I think one of the, I I will say the the coolest things about our industry, one of the things I love most about our industry that's really unique is our, our whole world is just steeped in tradition. And it's so unique, too, because as traditional as as we tend to be and as our disciplines are and our methods can be, we're also very adaptable. So I think the relationship with NRHA and Cinch is very reflective of that. <clears throat> um, you know, our the actual Miller-Stockman brand um, that Cinch was formed out of has been around since 1918, but the Cinch brand itself uh, came around in 1996. And so thinking of from almost the inception of Cinch, how we've had this relationship with each other um, and how it's evolved over time and the opportunities that have come from that. uh, It's very meaningful to our organization, but also just thinking too about how our relationship has been standing for so long, almost since the inception of Cinch um, and the the benefits that have come from that and how that's evolved over time. Um, Obviously, as an organization, Cinch appreciates that people like members of NRHA are the ones who have allowed our company to grow to the point that it is today. So if we have any opportunity to be involved and give back to the people who allowed us to become who we are, we want to take you know full benefit of, of any way that we're able to support and further promote this industry. Um, so 
you know, I will say we're very grateful to have NRHA as partners. You all are absolutely wonderful to work with. And it has been a wonderful 25 years, and we're looking forward to the next 25. (laughs) Yes, we sure are. And I'll tell you, Cassie, you know, there's so many Western clothing brands, but there's some things that stand out about Cinch that people may or may not know. What do you want to share with us about that? Uh, Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Cinch is, we like to say, a small company that does large things. So our team is pretty tight-knit. We're a little bit smaller than you might think we are but we operate on a very large scale. So this is kind of unique. It gives us some unique opportunities, I'll say, um, where we can kind of hyper-focus on this industry. And obviously, Cinch does a lot for rodeo. We do a lot for performance horse. We do a lot for miscellaneous disciplines in our industry. And so we accomplish quite a bit having, um, you know, people who specifically focus on youth and education and how can we further this next generation through our brand, through our company. Um, You know, we have people who specifically focus on event production and promotion and, you know, what are some unique events that we can bring to the industry? What are some unique ways that we can execute those events? Um, Especially in today's age, there's a lot of people coming into this industry that, again, weren't born into it or they just, you know, see it on TV or they see it online and they're really interested. They have the passion, but how do they find those opportunities? And so that's something that we're able to take advantage of a little bit and, and grab those people in through partnerships with people like yourselves and some of the other organizations that we do end up partnering with. Um, and I'll even say, too, you know, a lot of our designs, handmade in-house, the design team uh, does a lot of really wonderful work in our Denver headquarters. So, you know, it's a local company as well. We really like to support the the small rodeos we like to support the saddle clubs we like to support you know however we can to kind of build that relationship not only on a large scale but on a small scale as well well i love that you even talked about in just kind of the brand mission the youth and the next generation and bringing them up because one of my favorite things about our partnership is of course the cinch nrhy speaking contest the kids in our association are just so important to me. And you were kind enough to be a judge at this year's speaking contest at our Derby. So I know you've kind of touched on it, but you know, why is a specific program and especially a contest like this important to cinch as a brand? Yeah. Kind of like, you know, what we said, this next generation, it'll be, it won't be long, 10, 20, 30 years. And the students, the the kids that were competing in that contest are going to be the ones running these organizations and these companies. And so, again, if we're able to offer support to them, of course, we're happy to. I will say, Sarah, I was so appreciative of the opportunity to be a guest judge on that panel, and it absolutely restored my faith in humanity. (laughs) It was so much fun, and they were so, so good. I was blown away. I was so impressed with every single one of those kids that, that spoke. Um, you know, they were very well-spoken, they were rehearsed, they were confident in what they were saying. And you can just tell that those are good, solid, strong individuals, whether they go out into the world and they end up working for our industry or they go out in the world and they go work in a different industry, but they still have their tie back to not only NRHA, but just the equine world in general. Those are people that are going to continue this this tradition. Like I said, um, continuing these opportunities for the next generation after them as well, continuing our heritage. So it's really important for us to be able to 
offer that support, say thank you to those those that are going above and beyond like they all did. Take advantage of opportunities like that. That means a lot to our company as well. So we're we're so happy to be a part of something like that. And again, thank you for, for all the work that you do putting that on as well, because that's a wonderful opportunity for them. It is such a wonderful opportunity. I just loved being outside the door and kind of listening in as you guys were doing that. And everyone just did such a tremendous job. And public speaking, it can be scary. And it's also something that, you know, you probably have to do in the workplace at some point. So thank you again to you being a judge and for Cinch sponsoring it. So this is our holiday show, Cassie. So I have a couple questions. Do you have any advice on last minute shopping? Do you have any good shopping hacks? What are you doing for the holidays? What's going on? That's such a wonderful question. I normally am very on top with my holiday shopping. And I will say this year I have not been. Um, So I am probably in the same pickle that a lot of people listening to this are in right now. But I will say that. I don't know, this may just be my generation, this may just be me personally, but I am never sad about receiving a gift card to my favorite store for my favorite brands. That's always a really easy way to do something really last minute. To me, it's still really meaningful. Somebody thought you know, about what I like, went out of their way to find something that's still very specific to me. I still think it's a personalized gift, but then I get to go pick out what I want afterwards. So I will always say gift cards for me personally are a good last minute go-to. And if that's not an option or if you're looking for something a little bit more personal, if you have a local tax store or a local mom and pop shop that you can support, um, absolutely, please do that. You know, if you're able to shop local these holidays season and and get out there and support your community, um, you know, our brand is, is sold in stores all across the country, too. So if you're able to find a cruel top in your local mom and pop shop, that's awesome. But any way that you're able to support that community, because alongside Cinch, there's a lot of those shops that will support local saddle clubs that will support their local organizations on a level too, that not every massive corporation is going to be able to. So give back when you can and um, don't procrastinate like I did. Well, Cassie, thanks so much for being on today. What is the website where people can go to find out more about Cinch? Yeah, they can go to cinchjeans.com to learn more. Um, We do also have our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok as well, if you're interested in seeing new products as they come out. Um, And if there is anybody out there that's interested in sponsorships or would like to connect with us, we do have our sponsorship email on our website as well. Well, thank you so much for being on today, sharing a little bit more and celebrating 25 years with us. NRHA is so incredibly pleased with our relationship with Cinch. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Christy. We are as well. And thank you, Sarah, so much. Um, We really appreciate all of you very much and wish you some very happy holidays. Well, that was so fun to hear from Cassie and Cinch. And as our youth programs manager here at NRHA, you know how happy it makes my heart to talk about youth here on this podcast. Yes. And you know what's so neat? And I didn't bring it up during our actual interview with her today, but she'll get to hear it now. Um, I knew Cassie from CSU, from Colorado State University, because Mm -hmm. I was going up there to teach and she was a student. So she was in some of the classes that I taught, the capstone classes. So I got to know her as a 
student. And then when she first graduated from CSU, she started working for them um, at their equine science department as their admin person. So I've known Cassie quite a while and she is fantastic and definitely believes in the youth. That's so, so cool. You can tell for sure. When, you know, we're heading right from her into our next guest here, Sebastian Petrol. He's an NRHA judge, steward, and um, professional. And I'm going to share a little bit about one of his daughters on the podcast, and he doesn't know it yet, but I think you'll all enjoy it. <laughs> I love surprises. Well, I'm so excited to introduce our next guest. Sebastian Petrol lives in Whitesboro, Texas. He and his wife, Melanie, operate Petrol Reining Horses, a full-service training, breeding operation for clients all over the world. Sebastian has coached non-pros to great successes in the show pen. He is a past professional of the year, an NRHA judge of more than 15 years, an NRHA steward for nearly 10 years, and he also has vast international experience in all things reining. Sebastian is joining our NRHA executive committee in January and has been part of the industry for 25 years and has made every major event finals and is also an NRHA Futurity Level 3 Open Champion. Along with all of this, he has two beautiful daughters, and I thought, what better way to start off this podcast than introduce him with a poem that his daughter wrote for me. <laughs> this is by Lainey Petrol, and it reads, Nothing tastes better than riding except chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> and well, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sebastian, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I know your first experience with reining was at Americana, but can you tell us a little bit about what your horse involvement was prior to this and how that event got you hooked on reining? So we've had horses as a family all the way along. When I was very young, I didn't want to be any part of them. You know, my parents did the usual thing and bought me a pony, which then proceeded to break my finger. And I was out of the horses at that point in time. But then later on, as an early teenager, probably 10, 11 or so, um, I've just found my way back to the horses and really got hooked on the horses at that time. And then we started doing the all-around events and wrote, you know, or traditionally we wrote English first, and then we switched to the Western disciplines. And um, so I did all-around horses. But raining was always this mystery, this when you went to watch an event, it was raining. And um, I just didn't have a way to really get started at the time. So I stuck to the all-around horses and did that. And then set on my first rain or probably in 98 when I went to work for Jeff and Larry Kasten for six or eight months. And that was my first real raining experience or to experience a raining horse, let me put it like that, besides watching it. That is awesome. Can you explain to us a little bit more what Americana is? I don't know if everyone listening knows about that event in Germany. Americana is a huge event still in Germany. And the way... It was back then, and I assume it's still like this today. Um, it's really a fair. So they'll have about 50,000 visitors go through there or people or spectators, I guess you call it, all buy their tickets, and then they watch the events. And raining was then and still is a big deal at that show. And um, there was a big open class. And at the time, the Americans would have to travel or ship their horses over to Germany if they wanted to win a world title you had to go to that open class because it was 50,000 added or something at the time. So um, 
it was a pretty big deal and I think still is a very big event. Yes, I have heard that it's still huge. I would love to go to it one day. It sounds yeah. like it's very yeah. impressive. Yeah. So explain to everyone where you grew up and when you first moved your training business to the States. So I grew up in Germany. Um, you always rode the horses while I was doing school. And then later on, you know, I was having a little training business besides school. So I was given a bunch of lessons and I was riding, you know, the Arab that was running off on the trail. And these were kind of my kind of my training horses, you know, gypsy <laughs> banners, whatever somebody wanted to be to have rode. I would ride it, you know, like the typical stuff an 18-year-old horse trainer should ride, you know. So at the time, I was thinking, you know, I'm just going to do this for a living, you know, because I was making pretty good money, you know, still going full-time to school, you know. So I think, man, if I just do this full-time, I'll be in good shape. And at the time, I never had or I could never imagine what it would be to have an operation like the one that I have now. You know, that wasn't even in my mind at all. You know, I was just happy I could ride horses, teach lessons, and make money at it. And, um... Then when I was finished with school, I was like, man, I should go to the U.S. one more time just to brush up a little bit. Because I was thinking, I'm, I'm a horse trainer. I got several horses in training, and I got it going on. Well, I came over here um, in the summer of probably 2001, maybe, and worked for NetPoint at the time. That was a big operation. There was two horse trainers working out of there. That was Ruben Van Dorp and Fred Thompson. And I helped them over the summer and saddled horses and loped horses and did all that. Well, they talked me into coming back to start Colts. So now I'm thinking, well, I'll just do another three months. So I came back for another three months, started Colts, and then they talked me into another three months and another six months after that. And before I knew it, there was really no reason for me to go back anymore. Everything I'd kind of lined out for my own little business uh, was kind of gone at that point in time. So then I was like, well, I guess I'll just stay. So I never really made that conscious decision of moving. I just came over here and then never left. Well, that period of three months and three months and three months has now totaled more than 25 years. <laughs> yeah, <right? yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're kind of the trifecta here. You're an NRHA professional, steward, judge. Obviously, these are so interconnected and also important. But could you tell our listeners a little bit about why that connection between those roles is so important? So... Originally, when I went and got my card, I think the first time I went to a seminar, I wasn't even old enough to get a card at the time, a judge's card, um, was just to figure out my training a little better. I've always worked like that. If I know what we have to present and how stuff will get marked, I will do a better job training. So that was my original intent, what I did with the judge's card. Then with the stewards, I got involved when we first started having a stewards program, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle to get started and get it lined out and what we were trying to do as stewards and all that. So I got involved at the time and helped develop a standard of stewarding. And that was really out of the, really from the horseman side too, where I wanted to be able to still prepare horses correctly for events. And I still wanted things for us as professionals to be good. And, um, so it always starts out as a professional. Now, as it has evolved, I learn still a lot from judging and stewarding, too. I don't actively steward a lot or really haven't done any in a long time. But just to have that mindset of, you know, how the stewarding works and how you can, you know, incorporate it into your training and all that, that really helped a lot. So I really learned a lot. Now it's, you know, I judge a little bit more because I really enjoy it. But it really connects to the training all the time. Like, I think... When I did the Best of the West, I judged it. It's a fraternity out in Arizona. 
Well, then two weeks later, we show here at the Southwest Territory. Well, I did a much better job showing because I was sitting in the chair watching these three-year-olds out in Arizona and subconsciously just studied, you know, what are they doing? Why is it working? Why am I marking it? You know, and try to take that back home. And um, it really did work for me at the Southwest. So it just all ties back in together. And I think for me as a professional horseman, um, these two other sectors are very important to know and to help develop and push further and make them better. You are absolutely right. And being all three, I think, just makes you complete. But now you're something fourth. So here's this industry that's growing like crazy, and you're going to join the NRHA Executive Committee. I love that. Can you please tell us about some of your goals for our industry and what you are most looking forward to in this next journey? Oh, I'm a little bit so... You know, I've done, you know, several years on the board and all that. So I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. And then I'm also a little bit curious on what more there is to that position. So I'll figure this all out over the next couple of years. Um, You know, obviously, the last three years have been crazy for really the horse industry and then reigning in particular, as far as growth and the opportunities that have come with it. Um, Now, that growth will not always continue like that. It's unsustainable. So we will hit a few challenges and, you know, have to conquer a few things along the way and have to prepare ourselves as best as we can for the future. The good thing about all that is that we have a great product with reigning, meaning um, from the judges system to you can do it anywhere in the world under any conditions. Um, We have so much going for us. It's exciting. It's a spectator event. That, you know, even if we hit a little bit of a road bump here and there, we'll still be fine because it is a great product and it'll always do fine. So I feel like by getting involved, which I've been kind of involved in committees and board and all that, all these years over the last, I don't know, 10 years, probably. It's a little bit, I feel like I want to give back to the industry. You know, I've got to do so much with reining and I've been able to raise my family by training reining horses. And all that is only possible with NRHA, and NRHA is a big part of that. So I feel like going on these positions and putting in the work and the time and the money is just a way to give back to an association that really, for that association, for, it's for the association that I was able to make a living. I love that. Your passion for this industry always shines through no matter what piece of it you're talking about. And I know that means a lot to our members and all of us who love reigning. And I know that when people listen to this podcast, they are going to want to reach out to you. Uh, you know, my first lesson was with you. So you might have some other inquiries. <laughs> what is the best way for them to get a hold of you, Sebastian? Um, we are pretty heavily on social media, anything from TikTok to Facebook and Instagram. We're actually redoing our um, website right now, which will be petrolraining.com. Um, but that's probably going to take another month or so before that is back up. And anyways, I'm always available by email or phone for any kind of questions or concerns. Awesome. And, you know, for those of you who felt inspired by Lainey's poem, too, you can always <laughs> try and get that through Sebastian as well. <laughs> I'm sure she'll write you another poem if you would like one. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian, thank you so much for joining our podcast today and taking time out of your schedule right before the futurity. We appreciate it so, so very much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, too. One of my favorite things about being in this industry is just how passionate all of the people are about it. Those that are in it always want to share it with others. And I think that's such a 
profound thing. And I think it's something that really gets people who are fans to be more than fans. I know that's how it was for me when I started. And so now we're going to be talking to someone else who is equally passionate about it, but from a different angle, right, Christy? Yes, we're going to talk to Billy from Classic Equine. And I'll tell you, I have been in the association side of this industry for the majority of my career. And to hear Sebastian talk about how he wants to give back and be on our executive committee, because if it wasn't for the association, he wouldn't have been able to raise his family in the way that he did, meant so much to me. And I know that, you know, Billy also has made her entire career in the horse industry. I believe it's 30 years now for Equibrand that we'll be talking about more in a minute. So I just love that longevity and that appreciation and support for associations. We are so excited to have our next guest on, Billy Bray. In 1996, Classic Equine was founded with a goal of better protection and more selection for the equine athlete. It has always been Classic's goal to offer products with the performance horse's safety and well-being as the first and foremost priority. From the beginning, they have worked with top competitors and trainers in every discipline to develop and test equipment to meet specific functions and purposes. And best yet, they're celebrating 25 years of partnership with us here at the National Reining Horse Association. So Billy Bray is joining us today, and she has worked with Equibrand for over 30 years. Equibrand is the holding company for five brands that includes Classic Equine, Classic Rope, Rattler Rope, Cashel, and Expert Equine. She, Billy, works with a marketing team and is responsible for the endorsements and sponsorships there. Hi, Billy. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Thrilled to have you on today. So you mentioned that you really enjoy one of the best parts of your job when you sent us your bio was that it allows you to go to major events in the Western industry. Tell us why you love that aspect so much. Well, uh, working in the marketing department, I think it's really important to, you know, boots on the ground to go to all the major events to make sure uh, to be a part of it, to be a part of the cultures, to learn what the cultures are, and to see how the products perform in all the different uh, cultures. You know, we go from team roping to barrel racing to performance, Randy Cunningham, cow horse. And of course, you know, all of those are different. And to be good at all of them, you have to go. So I just, actually just really like to go. I like to go see the events and see all the horses and see, uh, see the competitors and, and watch finals. And, you know, I have a great job. It's, it's the best part of the industry, if you ask me. Well, you know, a huge part of our Western industry that we all talk about so much is how much we enjoy being out in it, enjoy the partnerships of it. So tell us a little bit about why a partnership with an association like NRHA is so important for Classic Equine. Well, when Classic Equine started, we started with team roping and a little bit in the barrel race, but really the reining was our very first performance horse. So it was extremely important. You know, we were not really, you know, couldn't you could say we couldn't touch AQHA or any of that, that we really weren't um at that level and we wanted to get involved with the performance horses and we had an opportunity i think at that time we worked with dan and we had an opportunity to get involved and it was it was awesome and that really helped grow our company with the performance and when we started with performance meaning reining and then it sort of led into cow horse and cutting and aqha and all of those uh performance horse uh events it, it was it was really where we started and and we're very grateful for and, you know, we're very grateful for that beginning. 
Well, we just can't believe 25 years, right? It just goes so quickly and it's been such an incredible journey. And just diving in though a little bit to you yourself, Billy, you have been on many different panels discussing women in the Western industry. Um, There's going to be a lot of listeners today that come from all walks of life. They're all breed, all discipline. What is your best piece of advice for those just starting out? Uh, Starting out in our industry, I I mean, I think that there's huge, huge opportunities in whatever you want to do. And, you know, when I got started, and I don't know about the rest of you, but when you get started, sometimes it's hard to know, you know, really what part of the industry you want to do. And uh, for me, I didn't really know that I was going to end up in marketing. So I think that um, my best advice is is that I think you need to do a lot of jobs to really figure out which one you really like. Uh, Unless you already know that, then that's a head start. If you get the opportunity, I think it's just, I have to say, when you get the opportunity, I always say, you know, you get into those positions where you got to kind of figure out how to be successful and then you got to try harder. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't lose if those are the two things that you are good at, the, the figure it out and the try harder. I love that. I'm pretty sure on a notebook from years ago, I have that written down from when you spoke at the cowgirl gathering in Fort Worth. <laughs> I love that. Well, in the theme of advice, this is, you know, the holiday, uh, holidays are right around the corner. This is kind of our holiday themed podcast and, you know, working for classic as a shopper yourself, what are some of your last minute shopping hacks that you could share, or maybe what could someone look for at classic if they are still in that shopping zone? Well, I think, uh, of course, we have a lot of products. I think one of the hot items right now is at this time of the year uh, is the Slinkies. It's, um, you know, new for us for the last couple of years. We've worked really hard on the fit and the design, and we have been very successful with it the last couple of years. And, you know, all of our young uh, trainers and that are all our young horses and all of the disciplines are really liking our slinkies and all the horse shows that are going on, all the finals, raining, cutting in the cat horse finals. I noticed that that's been a hot item, um, you know, at home right now it's, it's leading into winter. So you always got to be worried about a Richie water made by classic equine. So those are always really handy. So you don't have to chop ice. Um, maybe another one that maybe, uh, most of you don't know about is REM masks, uh, which is, a a mask that you uh, use on your horses in stalls that are lit up all night and in an unfamiliar place where you're taking them or even at home, the restoration mask helped them rest and recover. And those were developed by a partner of ours, Expert Equine, by a group of vets. And that's a new product for us that's been really successful. Uh, I'd say those are like some key ones. Of course, we have the boots and the Uh, pro rainers and you know we have a lot of great items it kind of depends on what you're looking for if it's in the arena or outside the arena well and i love all those different things that you shared i don't know if everyone knows just exactly how much classic equine has there is a lot of different kinds of products and i know you're our nrha official equine leg protection is what we have you as but oh my gosh so many other things that you give and so many things that are in our folks like and you're definitely all breed all discipline all kinds of things that you have to share so thank you for that um where should listeners go to find out more about classic where, where's the best place Oh, I think our website, it's, you know, classicequine.com, and that would lead you to, you know, all the different products we have, either in the arena or at the barn or uh, in any of your needs is right there, classicequine.com. 
And Billy, do you have anything else to add today uh, that you would like to share with everyone listening? Uh, I just would like to really appreciate the the fact that we had an opportunity uh, being a young company that was getting started and and uh, appreciate appreciate the opportunity to get to grow. Uh, you know, we don't we didn't start with as many products as we have today, and I have to say that that's a lot to do with you know NRHA. We we feel like we've kind of grown with you, so I I really appreciate that. I would agree 100% that we have grown together. So here's to another growth of 25 years. How does that sound? That sounds great. All right, Billy. Thank you so much for being on the shows and uh, happy holidays. Same to you. Thank you very much. So I so enjoyed hearing Billy's ideas of how to have the next generation, right? I mean, all of us are in different generations that work in the horse industry, but eventually some want to retire and have the others come up. And she just shared so many good comments about that. And of course, all the shopping you can do as well at Classic Equine. So it was a wonderful combination of both. It really was. It was so fun to hear about, you know, as someone who had seen her speak on some of these panels and has heard from her before, I was so eager to have her on and it was even more fun to get to hear it happen. So this has been such a fun day. It's been a great show. So how do people find the show, Sarah? So if people are listening and want to, you know, hear other past episodes, learn from other folks in our industry, they can visit nrha.com slash podcast. And earlier in this episode, we talked about how our futurity episode will be in January But if you want a little sneak peek about who won the Futurity, if you want to watch some of the runs, you can go to nrhafuturity.com and read some of the news releases, watch the videos, and kind of do a little bit of research, get a little bit into it before you hear them come on our podcast in January, which I think will be really fun. And we're so excited to be a part of Horses in the Morning, and you can find that in your Play Store. There is obviously, just go to Horses in the Morning, it's an app, and you can download it right there. So in the meantime, the holidays are coming. So in between now and then, go out and have the slide of your life. 